0: It is Sam Sermons with another episode of What Do I Do Now? It's been a bit of a hiatus, and of course it's never scheduled because I'd love to keep giving y'all great content week after week. And trust me, the content will not be stopping like this again. Um, just ran into a lot of personal life changes, and instead of speculating, instead of being real cryptic with it, I'm just going to give it to you straight. So it really started for me earlier this month. And one of my friends that I met through Show Choir, someone that I truly admired in the Indianapolis scene. And, you know, we kind of overlapped every once in a while. That I always remind him like, man, you was our host back in the day. And I throw the picture up just to jog his memory. And, you know, we was extra young. Like, I barely had a mustache. I mean, we was just singers in high school, just, like, really young and ready for the world. And when I found out that we lost... Teddy, also known as VJ, also known as E. Vincent. He, had, he was a man of many names, but I'm going to speak power into his name right now. Vincent Eugene Patton Jr. When I found out that we lost him, it was a reality check. And not because I take life for granted. And I don't believe he did it all because the impact he's left and the legacy that will carry on speaks into the life that he lived. But it was just like the reality of losing a black life, one that had only scratched the surface of how great he was becoming. And I definitely want to take this moment to tell his sister, Veronica, who I met undergrad the Ball State, that um, she is still in my prayers. I know she is going to carry the torch and ensure that the Indy area, the state of Indiana and worldwide knows who her brother is and forever will be. I personally want to say I miss you. I love you. I hope to see you soon. And then a domino effect started to happen where I lost my father's youngest brother, Richard Sermons, and he was found unresponsive in his home. Now I haven't seen him in a very, very long time. It's not the easiest when there's a total of 10 siblings, including my father and nine of which, which were living. So Unless it was for a family reunion or, unfortunately, a funeral, that's the only time where I collectively see them all. But at the end of the day, that's still my uncle. That's family. And you always take care of family. And due to him being an Army veteran and going to be laid to rest in the National Cemetery in Texas, there really just hasn't been a date set for any type of funeral services due to the pandemic. And the day I actually found out he passed, I just couldn't really wrap my head around it. The circumstances of how he was found and knowing it was a cousin of mine that actually found him and just couldn't revive him, that really kind of broke me. Not even I'm um, let me scratch that. Not kinda. It did break me. First thing I did is I called my dad and I was there when he lost his mom, my grandmother. And to see him cry was something that I haven't really grown up seeing a lot. My dad's always been the strong one. He's always the one to tell me to keep my head up. And to see him in that life change, in that moment, and then to hear him on the other side and hear how emotional he had become knowing the news of a sibling passing, it got to me. I don't want to hear anyone in my life hurting. And I held it together with my dad on the line, but then um, I called my mom, and my mom knows all of my dad's siblings still. And it's always been a rapport with both sides of the family. Even though my parents are no longer married, they always ask about each other. And mom says that was my brother in law. And I think that's when it kind of set in for me that I was going through a lot and I wasn't okay. So I told my program director, I told Ryan that I was going to take the following day off. I needed to try to process what was going on, but also to go check on my dad. So I took the 24 hours. Um, I checked on a lot of family members that day and just did a check in with cousins and aunts and uncles and great uncles that I still have here on both sides of the family. And I'm usually the one that's too busy to pick up a phone, but I'll send a text message and things like that. So that day, I was very intentional in speaking to people and letting them know and telling them that I love them and I miss them and I hope to see them soon and making sure that they're staying sane during the pandemic. Because, again, it's not over. As tired as everyone is, this pandemic isn't slowing down, especially with the spread of the Delta variant. So I've been in better contact with a few of my cousins. And then I get a DM on Twitter from one of my adopted cousins. And I know in the black culture, we like to say play cousins. But in all reality, I don't think I could be any closer to this family unless I actually had the Johnson last name. So when Jarrell DM me is like, hey, did you hear? And I'm at work. I'm like, "Nah." I'm like, what's going on? I didn't think anything of it. I'm thinking it's probably something, you know, back home, but I didn't know the magnitude of the news he was getting ready to tell me. My adopted grandmother, his actual grandmother, Bessie Johnson, who I know as my Bessie, passed away. She died in her sleep. And it's one of those moments where you never forget where you were, what you were doing when you get the news. And I think Jarrell probably would have called, but I know, He's working, I'm working, and just wanted a more direct way to get a hold of me. So he saw me on the timeline, and I'm grateful he told me. I'm I'm glad that he did. Um, I called my mom after the show because we were actually in the middle of the show. And I had to ask her, like, did you know? And she's like, Sam, I was wanting to tell you, but I knew you had the show to do. So I'm sorry I didn't call and tell you. And just to give you a quick backstory on the Johnsons, both of my parents are from Indiana. My mom is from Albuquerque, New Mexico. My dad is from South Georgia. And growing up in Indiana, you really don't see your family too often because of that distance. So if I got to see them once a year, that's been a great year. And the family that really took in my family were the Johnsons. And I definitely want to give love to my Auntie Brenda, my Uncle Reggie. My Uncle Michi, and Uncle Ricky, because I had aunts and uncles in my neighborhood. I was playing sports in the Kokomo area with my cousins, and I had a mama and a papa in town that I'd be able to spend holidays with and special occasions with and birthdays with. They were my family in Kokomo. And upon finding out she passed, I found out that the funeral was going to be that upcoming Saturday. So I made the decision to make the drive to Kokomo, Indiana from Atlanta right after I finished the show, Friday evening, and I got maybe three hours of sleep when I got there. My mom, my brother, my nephew, and myself all traveled to Kokomo to pay our final respects to our adopted grandmother, our adopted mother, and in my nephew's case, adopted great-grandmother, and... I found out quickly just how much they meant to me growing up by sitting with them, sitting beside them, crying alongside them, being able to laugh with them at the repast, and even driving by the house on North Street on the way out from Kokomo, that the Johnsons really have made a difference in my mom's life, my brother's life, my nephew's life, and my life. I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful for... The holidays, the birthday parties, the open houses, the sporting events. And I'm real thankful for that real small back room we all used to play in growing up, they know the one, the one with the TV trays in them and us figuring out who's going to try the chitlins that year or Papa was telling us the wrinkles. (laughs) I love all of my cousins, my adopted cousins, the longest way. Thank you again for sharing, not just your parents but your grandparents with me and my family. I'm truly, truly thankful and grateful to be an honorary Johnson. And Jairus, I don't think I got to tell you the day of the funeral, what you said was amazing, and I'm proud of you, man. I'm gonna get you on this podcast real soon, know that. So with these three people transitioning all in the same month, I just didn't find myself in a great creative space to try to put anything together for this podcast. The idea of booking people and making sure I made time for it fell by the wayside. I stopped working out. I stopped really taking care of myself the way I know I should. And I would come to work, do what I need to do, but I'd go home and just like sit there and have no motivation to really do much. And I understand we all have bad days. I understand we all have off days. And sometimes those off days can turn to off weeks. But it had been a very, very long time since I just felt way down week after week after week. And I would keep putting it off, keep putting it off. And I didn't want to just come back to this project without a legit what do I do now? Because... I had to ask myself, what are we going to do now? You've lost three people that you admired, that you respected, that you loved in your own special way. But how are you going to move forward? In the career path that I have, there's really not a lot of time to sit here and sulk. I work in a industry that is basically judged off popularity. And I don't want to be the reason that the show that I work for isn't meeting the marks in certain areas. So because of that, I tend to stress myself out and add a lot more pressure that may or may not have to be there. And it's the pressure that I put on myself that I take pride in because I know the person I work with and work for sees that I take pride in what I do and the brand that he's built in the Atlanta community for well over 30 years. And we've had that conversation last season. And I just want to make sure I'm always Making good on his return of investment because he's invested a lot in me. I don't want to let him down, and that's a normal thing. That's always been there. But add to the simple fact that some of my personal life was starting to weigh down on me on top of the pressure I already give myself with work. <sighs> that's where I was, and I just well just be honest with y'all. I wasn't sleeping worth a damn, so. I maybe would try to go to sleep around 3, 3.30 in the morning, wake up at 9, lay in bed until about 10.30, doing prep from my phone, end up coming into the station, do what I need to do, and do it all over again. And between that, throwing some lift driving from time to time because I still have a bad spinning habit. And truth be told, that got worse because everything around me was going bad. So to do my self-therapy, I took it to retail buying shoes, and I'm buying clothes, and I'm just not worried what a savings account looks like. So this past Wednesday, I got tired of scrolling on Instagram, and I kept seeing the ad for Cerebral. And it's an app that addresses depression, anxiety, and insomnia treatment along with care counseling. And if needed, they can also prescribe you medication. You can get regular assessments. And for me, the difference maker was, I'd be able to make these appointments and keep my appointments through video chats with my provider. So I made the decision at like 10 o'clock to start this process. And by 11.30 p.m. Wednesday night, I'd actually gotten prescribed something I was picking up the following day and making an appointment with my therapist for Sunday. I was aware I needed help, but I'll just be honest. I didn't know how to ask for it and I didn't know how to get it. I'm not too proud to admit that I needed help, but I just didn't know how to go about it. And also being a strong friend and a strong family member, you kind of don't have the expectation of needing help because you make sure you let people know you don't need help. And right now, this works for me. It's convenient, and I'm hoping this first month goes pretty smooth. If something changes and I need to go a different route, I'm going to ask someone next time. And I'm saying this through my podcast so y'all can hold me accountable. So that's where I'm at. The rest of the season is going to get really personal, especially when it comes to black mental health. I got to talk about OnlyFans, taking control of your career in the middle of a pandemic, and so much more. Please make sure you are telling a friend and telling a friend. Make sure they're telling a friend about this podcast. Subscribe, however you're listening to this right now, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Overcast, Wherever you're listening to this, especially for those that are in my international countries, I'm in 10 outside the U.S., just in case you're wondering. And as I creep up to over 10,000 impressions in my first year, zero promotion, zero appearances on anyone else's podcast, all organic, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next 10,000 impressions look like. Please do not hesitate to ask to possibly become a guest on the podcast. You can definitely make that happen. It is Sam Sermons. It's been another episode of What Do I Do Now? I'll see you next Monday.